Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Andrea Skornick as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, Amen. Amen. at the University of Chicago Divinity School, there was this week where we learned that the Westboro Baptist Church was coming to our university to protest. I don't remember why they were protesting us, except for that it was anti-LGBTQ in nature. The school chaplain had this idea to counter the protest not with our own protest mirroring theirs, but with a really big, positive celebration of love. She got stuff for us to make t-shirts and buttons and signs with bright markers and paints and glitter. And we had a really great time making these positive things together. I am not sure if the word got out about how beautiful our shirts and t-shirts and signs were, but the group got scared off and they did not end up coming. And we just had this really lovely time of celebrating. I've always been puzzled by how groups like Westboro Baptist would call themselves a church. It's been identified as one of the most notorious hate groups in the country. And what they are known for is protesting funerals and telling groups of people that God hates them. How does all of that square with anything, Jesus says, especially the instructions he prioritizes, like in this morning's reading from John? In some of his last words to his followers before he dies, as in the thing he really wants people to know, he says, Love each other as I have loved you, and they will know you are Christians by your love. Westboro Baptist is an extreme example, but I'm sure we've all had that experience where we hear about a Christian group and struggle to see what it has to do with Jesus. Or wonder, as the song says, where is the love? I thought it was summed up really well in a tweet by Reverend Matthew David last Sunday when he said, On this Good Shepherd Sunday, let us pray for those who can no longer in good conscience look to Jesus for guidance and inspiration on account of the legions of his followers who have made the way into an exercise of dominance and control rather than the path of love. God be with us. We should lament any place we see unloving expressions made in the name of Christ. 
And yet it's only worse if that sadness would lead us to resignation. To let this be what Christianity becomes. When what being a follower of Christ has become has strayed so far, the task is to call it back. And this is not an exercise in finger-pointing or being judgmental. This is to hold ourselves to as well. We come back to, what did Jesus say? What did he care about? And what does that mean in our context, our time, and our place? You might say if the church is not experiencing, encouraging, or increasing love in the world, it is not being the church. Because the church without love is like the rhododendron society without the rhododendrons. It just doesn't make sense. Or as our Bishop Michael Curry has said, if it's not love, it's not God. We are meant to be a community of love, abiding in it, fostering it, furthering it. This is a good identity. It's powerful in practice. Not to mention it's needed for all of the hurt and the hate that is out there. Love is a balm to that, and also the most fertile ground for humans to thrive in. We shouldn't let go of that, and it is worth coming back to. Which is exactly what Jesus was doing in this passage. He says to his followers, I give you a new command. But the command to love was not new. The Torah taught to love God and love the neighbor as oneself. Last week, Crispin Mayfield talked about how in Jesus' time, the understanding and the practice of Sabbath had gotten away from its purpose, which was to help people. And so Jesus was retrieving a sense of the Sabbath's true purpose in healing and helping people on that day. Similarly, the new command he gives can be seen as a retrieval of what was this really old command bringing it to life for people again. It goes back to the covenantal relationship that God began with the people of Israel. The notion of a loving God whose desire was to be in relationship was groundbreaking at the time. It was setting up an alternative way of relating to God in a way that wasn't fear-based. It was also giving a social model for how to willingly hold the other's good alongside one's own so that the whole society could have a shot at living well. And it wasn't just then that that needed to happen. Coming back to God's desire for us to live in love is an ongoing process. We see the Apostle Paul did this with the communities that he was working with. Notably, the Corinthians who were fighting with each other and seeking their own self-promotion. Paul says to them, we have to get back to love. Without it, we are nothing. And then he tells them, follow the way of love. We come back to love, and we remind ourselves that this isn't just any old kind of love. This love is special. It is the most pure kind of love that there is. Sometimes it is the hardest, but it is certainly the most wonderful. 
Jesus says, it is to love as I have loved you, which is to love as God loves. It is love that is given freely, without any requirements or contingencies. It is love that is committed, unwavering, chosen, and it is not dependent on feelings or a whim. This is all the more explicit in this passage and that Jesus is saying this right after Judas heads off to betray him, which is going to lead to his death. We know that Jesus is going to forgive him and love him anyway. This is love that bears all things, hopes all things, and believes all things. Love that never ends. What I'm saying today is distilled in something that Bishop Curry says on the Episcopal Church website as he's inviting people to join in the way of love. He says, in the first century, Jesus of Nazareth inspired a movement, a community of people whose lives were centered on Jesus Christ and committed to living the way of God's unconditional, unselfish, sacrificial and redemptive love. Before they were called the church or Christian, this Jesus movement was simply called the way. And then he asks, how can we together grow more deeply with Jesus Christ at the center of our lives so that we can bear witness to his way of love in and for the world? I believe that this community is a very loving place. I see people living love and I see people seeking how can I love even better. And even still, as it's been important for a people of faith that is rooted in love for centuries, it's important to come back to this core piece of who we are. Especially in a time when what the church is is being defined in so many ways, sometimes in ways that hurt people, which is the very opposite of its purpose. It is crucial to have a clear sense of what we believe the church is and what Jesus says here. They will know you are Christians by your love. Love each other in the way that I have loved you and the way that God loves you. My prayer for us this morning is summed up in the prayer of the Apostle Paul, which he prayed for the church in Ephesus. Let us pray. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.